when I came up here originally, swimming kind of went out my mind quite a bit because it didn't seem anything that was accessible. It never even crossed my mind to think, well, there's lakes and things here and reservoirs. And it's wild, isn't it? How things kind of just appear sometimes and allowed me to jump back in again. The joy of swimming. Conversations about open water swimming, hosted by Pat Kelman. Hi and welcome to this episode of The Joy of Swimming. My name is Pat Kelman. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen. I get so much pleasure from making it and I'm constantly astounded at how lovely the feedback has been and how much people seem to be enjoying it. So thank you so much for your support and as long as you want to keep on listening to this i'll keep on making it i'm having a ball and i hope you are too you can support the podcast even further by leaving a review on the podcast catcher of your choice giving it a star rating sharing it with your friends also encouraging people to come and join the joy of swimming discussion group on facebook lovely conversations going on in there and very often you'll see my silly pictures of my face as i'm getting into cold water the review for this week that i'd like to share with you from the apple podcast review page is from dzb and it says connecting with nature loving these podcasts highly recommend it if you're toying with the idea of cold water swimming as i can guarantee you will feel motivated to try after listening they've all resonated with me and made me laugh and cry pat asks all the questions myself as a newbie wishes to know i'm feeling so inspired as currently i stay in the shallows more of a bobber than a serious swimmer but i'm going to take lessons next summer face my slight fear of sticking my head under and one day i might feel confident to swim further out and longer distances in addition, I've loved being in nature. I've been surprised by a cormorant popping up with his breakfast in front of me, seals watching our dips, a kingfisher flying over my head, and this morning, a flying fish. Thank you so much, DZB. Lovely to hear from you. This episode will be really good for you because today I'm talking to Laura Gostchalk, who is an open water swimmer, and she lives in landlocked Leicester. What she loves to do is to go out and find places to swim, lakes, rivers, and so on. It's a fascinating conversation, and we do take a little detour into the world of seals and sharks later on. It's a lovely, free-form conversation. I had a ball listening to Laura and talking with her, and I hope you enjoy it as much as I have. So I'm Laura. Uh, I'm from sort of the southwest, um, Bristol, and then South Devon later on. Uh, So I've always kind of been used to the sea and being near water or never really sort of having to think about where my nearest swimming opportunity is because they was always around me somewhere and I came up to Leicester to go to university and kind of suddenly had this realization when I after a while I'd been here thinking there's there's no edges here and (laughs) where where do I swim apart from a swimming pool which is heavily chlorinated and whatnot transitioning through sort of trying to find sort of places to swim and having I think visited every single pool around here started to kind of it's only really been the last couple of years where I've looked for more open water type access points, really. And that's kind of where my journey sort of come through from here. I, I work in the NHS full time. And then I also help my partner run a business to do with sort of old cars, car suspension, restoration and things like that as well. So we're pretty sort of busy all the time. And I find that being near the water or being in water just helps me kind of reconnect a bit, really. And 
kind of settles my brain. So that's kind of what's brought me back to swimming and, and hunting for open water spaces around Leicestershire, <laughs> which is um, <laughs> not as easy as it sounds. Well, I don't even think it sounds very easy, but with the nearest sea being 91 miles away, I usually just kind of bin that side of things off. And if I do need the sea, I end up just doing the 240 miles back to Devon because at least I get a pasty out of it as well and then head back again. So... <laughs> that's me (laughs) being a kind of water person as you are i mean i've always lived on the coast even when i've moved away from cornwall where i live now and where i was raised i i made sure that when i moved to london i lived in greenwich i was right by the river so even though i didn't go to the water all the time i always had it kind of nearby so i knew it was there kind of get the same sort of thing where you feel like you you gravitate towards water or being near water because i always kind of feel that i do like even being here sort of whenever we go out and sort of we try and go and swim weekly or a couple of times a week and i always feel that i'm always looking for like the next water opportunity or you instantly feel calm it's like you gravitate to it it's, it's strange isn't it it really is it really is and the idea of being away from from water is just like mildly anxiety inducing for me i guess yeah, no, absolutely and i used to get that quite a lot actually when i was um when i first came up here and, and studying i did sort of my three years undergrad degree and i did a master's after that and i would find that i would get to a point where if i hadn't been home in sort of like a, a four weeks to six weeks i would not necessarily anxious but I guess it kind of was that sort of feeling where you just think I I need to go back now I need to go back to the edge and just feel me again it sounds odd but yeah I very much did get that so I would make sure to do regular visits home and things like that but I think especially this year with lockdown I felt it even more so not being able to go there and those feelings kind of took over sometimes so that's where we've (laughs) me and a couple of friends have kind of gone hunting for more open water venues and and looking for other opportunities that are nearby to be able to get that fix if you like um which has um opened up Leicester to be feeling not so landlocked as as much as it ever did really yeah quite surprised how much access there is in a middle of the country (laughs) so were you looking for places pre-lockdown or had you already kind of started it then so what kind of got you in yeah so I actually started a couple of years back it kind of stemmed from apart from sort of like doing pool swimming and, and regular things like that I ran the London Marathon and part of there's this medal you can get called Conquer London Medal. And it means you well, if you have ran the London Marathon and you've cycled the 100 mile Prudential cycle, if you do two miles of swim the serpentine, you get this massive medal. And I had my heart set on that and thought, I want that bad boy. That's going to be mine. So swimming, I could do anyway. I didn't have a bike at that time. I still don't have one now. But I thought I can do the two miles swim the serpentine swim. No problem. That'd be OK. Then I suddenly thought, where am I going to train apart from in a pool here? Like, there is nowhere. So I did a bit more hunting and I found not too far, actually, from where I live. There's a place called Stanton Lake and a guy called Jai Evans runs sort of like organised events there throughout sort of between April and September, where Tuesday nights and Sunday mornings you can go and swim there. And it's fantastic. It's so, he like sets out like a little swim route. And he also does a lot of help with people getting confidence within water and open water swimming, how to sight, how to sort of not lose your bearings, how to check your form and things like that. So I went on one of his sessions just to kind of feel a bit more comfortable with swimming in outside in Leicestershire, really, because I'm fine in the sea and things like that. I just, you know, you jump straight in and, and you feel fine, but it felt quite weird getting in a random lake in the middle of Leicestershire 
So, mm. so I went with one of their courses and it was absolutely fantastic. And straight away I was, I was just hooked. And from there I'm thinking, well, if I can swim there, can I swim over there? And can I swim here? And finding other places around here. I felt a lot more confident from that one session with just, um, from then I went every Tuesday. Um, I did do the swim, the serpentine after that. And I know it's, it's a two mile one, which is no way near as incredible as some of the other guys you've spoken to with like the 10 Ks or the, the channel swims or the, or the Isle of Wights and things like that. Um, but it was quite a, a profound thing. I think for me that year thinking actually this enabled me to find my roots back with being able to still swim outside but in different types of water so not the salt water I'd be used to it's sort of obviously lake water or um now it's evolved into rivers and canals and reservoirs and (laughs) other areas as well um but yeah since obviously everything had closed down there's another wonderful place here as well called stony cove which is used to be a quarry and they filled it in with water and they, they've sunk quite a few other things. And it's quite popular with the diving community. So people go there and do scuba diving and can learn to dive. But they also allow swimming there as well. But you have to go in twos and a minimum of twos. And at that point, I didn't know anybody, not personally, that was kind of into swimming. People just thought, oh, Laura's just going to go swimming in a random lake on Tuesday nights. But they never, I could never convince someone to come with me. <laughs> and then uh, this year, when everything was shut down and locked, I think... Uh, a couple of my friends were like, you know, they kind of got the thing that I always felt when I first moved to Leicester. If we can't do anything, I really need to connect with the outside more. And a lot of people were doing more walking, wanted to do more things outside of things that were available to them on their doorstep. So we started to look for more accessible areas. And we use an app called What Three Words? You might have heard of it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we use that. And we kind of scour the map through there, find sort of bodies of water, um, get a meeting point. And then kind of go and literally test the water or scope it out, make sure it's not like hazardous and risks and things like that. And yeah, just go and give it a try and see what's what's going on there, really. So we've got a few favourite ones. There's a little one we've, we've named Dragonfly Lane. It's funny because I've driven past it so many times over a roundabout. There's like a little sneaky left turn in that doesn't seem to go anywhere. And I've always thought, I wonder where that leads to. Where does it go? And it turns out it leads to a little lane where... You can walk across a field and there's an entrance to the River Saw. And I thought, oh, that's handy. We use that as like our little beach point. And yeah, you can swim up the river and, and down the river. And it's it's refreshingly clean and so much wildlife. Like there's so many times where we've been swimming and then there's a whole host of like geese literally flying over you or there's swans right next to you oh. and <laughs> ducks and everything else. And uh yeah, it's, uh, it's quite incredible, really. And it just makes you feel a little bit more sort of connected with everything. That's the thing that I find when I, you know, when I go swimming, it is that the idea that I'm actually connecting on a more kind of basic and primitive yeah. level with, with the world around me, rather than just kind of standing on it. I actually feel like I'm Absolutely. in it somehow. Absolutely. And one of my favourite experiences, and I was always trying to explain it to some of my friends that didn't open water swim at that point, but... I was at Stanton Lakes one day and just going for sort of like a a casual sort of breaststroke head up sort of swim just for some relaxation really and the heavens absolutely opened and the rain was so heavy it was hitting the water and bouncing back off again but it was so hard and there was so much of it that I couldn't see anybody else that was in the lake and it almost felt like I was just there by myself experiencing this 
incredible sort of situation that was going on around me. There, there was just uh, rain bouncing off the water and it just looked amazing. I had my goggles as well, so I sort of swam underwater for a bit and it's the strangest thing to see water, or rain, sorry, hitting water and coming under it. And the only thing I could attribute it to was in like James Bond when they fire bullets through the water and it kind of travels through. It looked really similar to that. But I just thought, what an incredible experience. I would never... Like, and trying to describe that to other people is really hard, but I'm sure other people will, will be able to sort of understand when they listen to this back or think, oh, I had a similar experience to that. And you just think it's really quite magical to be part of that and think, wow, this is... And it was one of those things where you just stop swimming and you just lie on your back for a bit, a bit and think, this is really happening. This is incredible, absolutely incredible. It's funny because I kind of haven't really thought much about swimming in, in kind of open water as about, apart from the sea yeah. because I guess could being so close to the sea, I don't really have to think about <laughs> you know, that. One of the things that I, I kind of picked up on a moment ago from you was scoping somewhere out and making sure that it was a, a kind of safe mm-hmm. and appropriate place to yeah. swim because I guess that's something I've always been a bit worried about with the idea of open water yeah. swimming because you never quite know what what people have done Absolutely. to the, yeah, yeah so with with the lakes and the canals and things like that we very much sort of don't do head down swimming it's very much sort of like a more of a breaststroke sort of keeping involved with what's going on with your surroundings never go sort of solo we always go sort of in pairs and it's kind of looking around, especially even thinking down to considerations of what, what has the weather been like over the last couple of days? If it's been really heavy rainfall, then there's a lot of places that are near, say, fields where there's um, cattle that we wouldn't swim in those areas because of runoff and things like that, potential um, hazards of pesticides from fields and things like that. So it's really investigating where where you are, what sort of things are going around in, uh, on in that area and kind of making decisions from there, really. And and. So there's there's nothing ever lost if we go somewhere and we see it and we're not really feeling it. We don't necessarily feel, oh, you know, we have to go in. We've driven sort of however mm. long to get here now. It, obviously, safety is absolutely paramount. So we kind of look at it and, and test it first, test the waters. We take thermometers and things with us to to gauge what, what we're looking at. And like a couple of weeks ago, we'd um, our normal sort of swim place, we thought it was getting quite busy, actually, because it was going into the secondary lockdown of of England and we thought well, let's go and have a look at other places in case that that area is getting a bit more busy and we found an access point to the River Reek between Melton Mowbray and a place called Hobie and <laughs> didn't realise it's basically surrounded in fields that were incredibly muddy but we could see how you could access it so we, we walked through so um, I do wear a wetsuit when we go swimming um, for protection as well as sort of the warmth factor as well. Mm-hmm. I had my little wetsuit boots on and they were just caked in mud by the time we'd even got to the water. So we, we'd got in and it was a lot colder than our other air, than our other site, which is not even, it's only a couple of miles away, but the, wet, the water temperature was so different. So Dragonfly was at about seven, eight degrees at that point. And then the one near Hobie was, when we put the thermometer in, it was just capping four. So it was massively lower so obviously then you're kind of making conscious decisions think okay well I'm not going to swim here as long as I would normally do sort of a dragonfly or stony cove because you just physically can't and and you don't want to sort of 
risk being in the middle of nowhere with only sort of one other person or, or two other people and getting sort of effects from after drop or anything along those lines. So, yeah, it's just being really aware of yourself, how you react to the water and, and just being sort of near where your surroundings are as well, really. Yeah, and I totally get the, the wearing your wetsuit to make sure you're protected as well as keeping warmer actually I mean, i'm always interested when people wear wetsuits because you know i'm a i'm a skin swimmer at the moment the initial effect of getting in the water is actually the same isn't it while the wetsuit has to fill up yeah. and warm yeah. up so a lot of people i think kind of feel that i'm wearing a wetsuit it'll be fine right from the very start <laughs> but there is still that that cold shock Absolutely, isn't there at the beginning? yeah you get the whoosh which i'm sure other wetsuiters will will know where you get in as soon as you go up to your neck you just feel it seeps through your zip and just creep down your back and you get the whole <laughs> feeling um, <laughs> which is always good in my book i don't mind that feeling at all i find it really interesting how people react to that like myself i feel that it doesn't really affect me in terms of i can still progress and get in and then there's one of um, my friends that i swim with who has to really ease herself into the water and sort of control her breathing a bit more and things like that. But it's just interesting how people sort of react differently to, to waters of that temperature and also being aware of who you're with and how they react so that they don't feel like they're holding you up or you're under any pressure. At the end of the day, I'm not. we don't do it from a competitive perspective. It's never the case of, oh, I stayed in for longer this time or anything like that. It's noticing how you feel on the day and, and going with that and making decisions based on that i've found the whole community actually there's a few more sort of open water swimmers that are popping up around here and the community is really inclusive and really supportive and i'm sure you kind of get the same down there as well most definitely nice, um it's a nice environment and and surroundings to to be in and and there's always cake there's always cake available have you noticed that <laughs> Yes. <laughs> somebody's yes. got fudge or cake <laughs> somewhere and I, I don't know if they just carry it normally if they've just got a boot full of treats but there's someone's always popping up asking oh do you want some cake or brownie and you think you must just bring it with you everywhere just in case <laughs> which is never a bad thing <laughs> cake and hot drinks I, mean, I think it kind of ties in really naturally with the hot drink mm. thing doesn't it after oh, you swim the, have a bit of cake well as yeah well. maybe that's a british thing then <laughs> Maybe, um, yeah, they just bring cake because they've brought tea. It's just standard standard behaviour, isn't it, I guess? That's right. Going back to the, um, the wetsuit thing. It's funny because before I did swim the serpentine, I never had a swim wetsuit. I would always, I'd, I'd never even considered it, but as part of events. So like the Rutland Water Swim, uh, where you can swim across the reservoir, which is an organised event and from the serpentine down to certain degrees, you have to wear a wetsuit because your body swims very differently in a wetsuit as well, which I actually struggled to get used mm. to um, at the start. I felt it made me swim differently because it made my back ache a bit more because my legs were more buoyant. And it was a really different way of swimming to being in skins. And it, that took mm -hmm. a bit of time to, to learn. So I kind of went from the perspective of I'll, I'll do more open water swimming in a wetsuit in case the temperature when I did the serpentine wasn't high enough for me to swim in a, in skins alone. But then after that, I kind of just got used to swimming in a wetsuit. And then I think the protection factor yeah. probably comes in a bit more to that now because I don't know if there's a, a rusty bike at the bottom of one of the, the places where I'm swimming and things like that. So, but yeah, I'm definitely not adverse to, to jumping in skins either. But yeah, from especially this time of year up here with the, and it's so, the water temperature is so different in different areas that it's the more... Uh, protection side of things rather than anything but, but yeah you definitely get the whoosh still <laughs> 
Yeah. I guess that's one of the things that I've been kind of nervous about was things, a rusty bike or something <laughs> at the bottom. And, and it's funny though, because I swim in a sea where, you know, you've got very sharp rocks yeah. potentially yeah. and there's no difference really in that respect. But I, I don't know whether it's a kind of mental thought that I have, you know, aberration that I have about, oh. Yeah, that's that seems a bit more scary to me somehow. <laughs> yeah, it's funny though because I mean I kind of was in the same school of thought. Like I wouldn't have crossed my mind to go and hunt for an access point to a local river to 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 get in. Um, but I think this year, with sort of the organised places being closed um, or only open for a short time in between the different lockdowns, has really not necessarily forced us to go looking, but kind of gave us more of a sense of adventure to to go and and look for these places and. Some of them are absolutely incredible and opened up my world to, to realising that actually there is more water around being landlocked than I'd ever thought of. And not to be afraid of seeing sort of a body of water and just literally thinking, I could swim that. Where's the nearest access point to that? Or you're driving over one of the, the A6 or something and you're looking down thinking, oh, there's got to be an access point there somewhere. <laughs> Where can I get into that body of water? <laughs> Yeah, so that's a major a mental shift that I've noticed since I've re- I've got back into swimming again. I was raised in Cornwall, then had 25 years plus in London where I'd be swimming in a pool or whatever. And even though I moved back to Cornwall four years ago, I didn't get back in the water really until lockdown. Oh, okay. So it's quite new for me. So the mental shift that I've noticed is exactly what you were describing. You know, I'll be driving around somewhere and, and I'll see, you know, a little cove off the, mm-hmm. off the horizon or whatever and go, hmm. Exactly. Yeah. We kind of get this homing thing for water somehow. Absolutely. I do. And I've kind of always felt that I've notoriously got a pretty good navigation built in system where I kind of always know where I am or, or how to get to somewhere. And I think water probably does play a real part in that. There must be something innately in us that can navigate to edges or water maybe I don't know but yeah there's there's definitely something going on there it's interesting how lockdowns really brought people to connecting with outside again which is fantastic and I think has given people a lot more courage to think about oh can I do that should I do this or even like to the point of not necessarily swimming but people that have gone out had never ran before and then realized that they couldn't they loved it and it's brought a whole new community to them and I think that's really important and one of I mean there's not a huge amount of amazing things that has come out of 2020 but I think that's probably one of the things that has a similar situation to yourself actually I mean I swam so much as a child my mum was a competitive swimmer when she was younger and was supposed to go to well she was heading for one of the Olympics way back when so she's always swam I'm pretty sure I could swim before I could walk and talk so I've always kind of grown up with swimming being in water um myself and my brother used to do like club swimming and things like that and then I had like this period of time where I think it was just being near water or near the ocean you kind of took it for granted a bit where it's there but I didn't necessarily take the opportunity to use it all the time and I think Mm. you kind of get that gap and then as I said I went away to to university and as often as sort of I I get back to Devon and we do a lot of sort of like kayaking or swimming and things like that bodyboarding and everything else to do with water and then I think this probably the last couple of years has just reignited sort of just being back in water all the time again and I was in a car accident the last summer and still had problems with sort of like my back and my neck and still do now but I find water cold water specifically has such a huge impact on on how I feel with that I feel like my body really relaxes when it's in it and it's had 
a huge positive effect on my recovery from that which I wasn't expecting it was completely unexpected after the accident I had there was a huge period of time where I didn't do a lot I couldn't go running I was getting quite frustrated with that and but I was still swimming and I was kind of reluctant to go on the basis I was thinking oh if my body tenses it's going to be more painful but actually once I got in and realized it was the complete opposite I just couldn't get enough. I was just like, oh, I need to go every day because it's the only thing that's calming sort of the, the issues I was having and the pains I was having. Yeah, that, that was a completely unexpected benefit from it as well. And I've heard a lot more since as well that a, a lot of other people have had really impressive sort of positive effects from being in cold water for different things that they have, medical issues and things like that. And, and also mental well-being as well. It has a huge impact on my mental health in terms of I feel more connected with home when I'm so far away from home home being Devon not necessarily here it's (laughs) I call their home still rather than here yeah it makes me feel not so so homesick I guess um and I wish I'd found it sooner because I think it if I'd found this when I was at university um I would have not necessarily have got those sort of feelings sort of six weeks every six weeks or so where I needed to go home and I had to sort of visit to see the edge I think that probably would have itched that fix a little bit but yeah I wish I I definitely wish I'd found it sooner I'm very much the same in that respect I kind of think oh I wish I'd you know have been in Cornwall back in Cornwall for four years and I wish I wish I'd been doing this from day one (laughs) but actually I can just rejoice in the fact that actually I'm doing it now and 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 the joy it's bringing me right now is immeasurable really and i think cold water is is known to be medically helpful in many ways i mean the footballers getting the ice cold baths straight after a game and Mm -hmm. that kind of stuff to recuperate but i was really interested when you're talking about that mental change that happens as a result of swimming i mean for me i had a lot of anxiety and i found that that has been hugely managed by Mm -hmm. swimming oh wow and i almost like you swimming as a form of meditation i guess and i would Mm -hmm. imagine in open water like lakes and stuff, that would be even easier than somewhere like the sea. Because with the sea, you've got constant movement yeah. and constant waves and stuff. But I could I could just imagine being in a lake or something and just like floating and meditating oh, for 10 minutes. You know minutes. what, that's one of my most favourite things to do is, because we always take swim tow floats with us. And the best use of those, apart from being able to be visible, is to use it as a pillow and lie on your back and just float around and just look up at what's going on around you. And it's the most, it's one of my favourite things. And there's one of the rivers near us where you swim up it against the current, um, which takes you quite a while because it can be quite, it can pull quite hard every now and again. But you swim up against the current, so you feel like that's your workout of the day. But then you just lie on your back, put your toe float behind your head and just float all the way back down again. And it's just perfect. It's so good. And it like the first couple of times I went with some of my other friends and I was like you use your float as your, as your pillow and, and straight away they were like oh my god why have we never done this before <laughs> like it's just <laughs> fantastic and literally people walking past walking their dogs just double taking and looking at you like uh morning <laughs> morning <laughs> just floating by <laughs> it's brilliant it's, it's so calming and Stanton Lakes is probably one of my favorite places to do that because it is quite open um it's surrounded by a lot of fields and a lot of trees and it you could be anywhere you could literally be anywhere especially on a beautiful hot day and you're in there and you're just floating around or having a swim you could literally be anywhere on the planet it's just incredible and like you said you're not getting battered by the waves and things like that it's so calming and really serene and it just clears your head I mean my day-to-day job is 
it can be incredibly hectic and it has been this year being within the NHS it's been very full-on and they have been my absolute go-tos for just a brain defrag and just to just to calm you out and just literally wash off everything from the day or the week it has such a huge profound effect and I also find that an instant reconnection to the body you know because I don't know I I don't know about you but I'm one of those people I I often walk around in my head quite a lot (laughs) and so instantly I'm like I can't be in my head when I'm going through this experience (laughs) exactly you've got to take note on what's going on everywhere else and and all of your senses are almost like they're attacked all at once with everything from your sensation of temperature and sound and noise and visual, that everything that's going on around you. It almost makes me think maybe because all of that's going on, it, it forces you to not think about what's going on in your own head. You have to think about what's going on around you. And that probably does have a huge calming effect as much as it's battering all of your senses at the same time yeah it kind of brings us closer to the to now as opposed to the future or the past i have to be in the present right now and and taking in everything that's going on yeah absolutely do you ever get um i tend to find a lot of people ask me especially if i'm doing lake swimming or if i've been in the reservoir they always say well aren't you worried about what's underneath you or aren't you worried in swimming in water that looks really dark where you can't see the bottom? And I don't ever have I don't ever have that. I don't I don't ever think about what's underneath me. But it seems like quite a a keen sort of conversation starter that people seem to bring up quite often. I just wondered if you had the same sort of conversations or how you feel about swimming in, in deeper water. Do you have the same thing? No, I I've I've personally never been frightened about swimming in deeper water. <laughs> and but it's interesting like there's one particular spot that I swim here in the village where I live where I know there are lots of rocks. Okay. And so I have to wait for the tide to come quite high, maybe about an hour or hour before or an hour after full tide mm. so I can I can swim. And I, you know, I'm I'm never worried. People go, aren't you worried about the rocks that are here? And actually I'm like, no, I'm not, because I've checked it out. I mean, I have checked it out beforehand. Mm. And so I know where the rocks are when it's when the tide's out. Yeah. But also first couple of times you go in, it's very gentle, kind of like feeling your way, I guess, a little bit. Yeah. But I, I now know that that area, like the back of my hand. Yeah. So I can now instinctively know that, oh, yeah, the rocks are near there. And the rocks are near there. Just, <laughs> those rocks, when the tide's at this level, are maybe three feet under the surface. So I just have to make sure that if I'm floating over that, I just have to make sure I'm floating like on my back or something rather yeah. than with my legs dangling down or whatever, yeah. you know. That's one aspect of the sea that's never frightened me particularly. Yeah. I don't think even if I was plonked in the middle of the ocean, I would be particularly terrified. You know, you just, I don't know. Maybe it's, an, I don't know. I just feel so comfortable in, in water. The depth of it doesn't even really cross my mind or what's swimming in there. Like quite a few people are like, oh, I know that there's there's pike in that river and there's this and it's like, well, I'm pretty much sure that they're going to be more scared of me than I am of them. <laughs> yeah. But, um, but yeah, that doesn't ever cross my mind. Yeah. And of course, the main the main sea life that I'm, I've been encountering recently is seals oh, here in Cornwall. And how have and- <laughs> I I love them because they're they're, they're really, I think it's because I'm not frightened of them. I don't feel threatened by them Mm -hmm. at all. And it was funny because when I was swimming in my local local spot um, about two weeks ago, this seal came up to me 
And it was literally about five or six feet away and just like looked me in the eye and I went, hello. And, he went, <laughs> and just like, went straight back in the sea again. <laughs> and then next thing I know, there's another one and there's like two of them. Mm-hmm. And somebody came running down from the village. I'm, I'm swimming right near the harbour. Somebody literally came hurtling down and got to the edge and went, are you all right? Are you all right? I went, yeah. He goes, well, can't you see you're surrounded by seals? And I'm like, yeah and he said well they're not he said they are wild animals you know they're not they're not you know domesticated i said i know i'm not bothering them and if they you know that's i think that's the only issue we have with um especially back home as well there's a quite a few seals that are around torbay and um one famously is always sort of inquisitive about people in the water but always sort of keeps its distance still but I think there's a lot of holidaymakers that come down that don't realise that you can't just go and pet one. You have to just leave it to be what it is. And the only thing, the only time it would even try to attack you is when it's trying to protect itself. So you yeah. know, just leave them be. And but it always, it always sort of makes me chuckle because obviously in the UK, if there's seals around, you kind of say, "Oh, there's, there's seals around," and you know that's incredible. And I'd love to experience that. I've not swam with seals around just yet. Spent a lot of time in Australia. And over there, if there's a seal near you, it generally means that there's a shark nearby too. <laughs> so if there's a seal swimming near you, you need to get out. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, that's quite it's different. Funny thinking about it here when there's a seal near you, people are like, oh, this is incredible. And I'm thinking, Australia brain's thinking, get out the water, get out the water. <laughs> <laughs> you've, you've got experience of swimming in Australia as well then? When just- yes, yeah, yeah. My... um. My brother lives in Manly and um, my partner's sister actually lives in, in Sydney as well. And we've got quite a few friends that live sort of up the East Coast and around sort of down uh, all the way around down to Melbourne as well. So we've done quite extensive sort of travelling. In 2009, we went and, and drove around the majority of the country in a little camper van and was in and out of the water a lot. Probably like obviously sort of looking into sort of where we were and what we were doing and the risks around there. Uh, we predominantly swam mostly around New South Wales side because there's a lot more crocodiles up in the north, um, which we wasn't too keen on figuring out where the nearest croc was going to be. Um, but yeah, we had an experience, I think, where we were actually. I think it was near Tweed Heads up on the east coast. And we were, we, we'd gone out into the ocean and we we had our surfboard with us and we were just chilling and we saw um some fins on the horizon absolutely shit a brick basically and thought oh my god there's a shark coming so we're frantically paddling back in and loads of other people are like there's fins there's fins so i'm like i must have gone completely white as a sheet we managed to get all the way back in and when we got to the the shore and was quite like out of breath dragging our board in dragging each other in a lot of people were laughing and then we realized it was actually dolphins and we were completely fine but but yeah seeing fins when you're in the australian ocean is quite terrifying Yeah, yeah. You're much younger than I am. But, you know, Jaws was a fundamental (laughs) film when I was a teenager. It was like, I was about 11 when Jaws came out. And it was like... (gasps) (laughs) You didn't need a bigger boat. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. (laughs) So if anybody was kind of interested in getting into open water swimming, you know, and they are a bit landlocked, (laughs) how would you recommend that people might approach getting into it and and also looking after themselves, making sure they're safe, of course. Mm-hmm. I definitely recommend hunting out your local organised sort of 
place there's quite a few that are around there's a lot that are like triathlete centers where people go to open train to open water swim there i definitely recommend getting in touch with them they can always advise of local sort of smaller swimming groups a bit more sort of community-based ones that are sort of looking at your local rivers and canals and things like that as well and they're all super super friendly so it's one of those sort of situations where nothing is a stupid question just join the groups there's so many on facebook now join an open water swimming group on facebook there's the open water swimming society page as well on facebook which is fantastic and is nationwide could even be worldwide actually but there's a you can connect with people that are local to you there as well and, and join with those which is fantastic i definitely recommend from a safety perspective of like I said earlier never go by yourself that's an absolute no-no and really kind of investigate your local places on looking at things like what are the water levels is there a particularly strong current there go and do a bit of a recce beforehand go and, and find out how to get to it if it's a public access way is it private land things like that really and then just test the water don't don't ever just jump in <laughs> um, that's a big no-no as well go in slowly once you do find sort of the spot you want to try and just kind of get settled in the water before you choose which where you want to swim to I'd always recommend swimming against the current first and then wherever wherever you sort of end up you can always be pulled back the worst thing would be to travel down with the current and then be too tired to try and uh, swim back Mm. up it to your access point yeah just definitely do a recce um, and investigate your areas beforehand but try and go with more experienced people as well that would be my, my probably first steps, I guess. Laura, thank you. We've been talking about 40 minutes or so. Oh, this is sweet. amazing. Oh, I'm really, uh, <laughs> and this is the thing that I find with all of these conversations that, you know, they run so freely that actually it feels like there's no time passed at all. <laughs> but um, I was just going to say, hey, if people wanted to get in touch with you or get in touch with any groups that you might be participating in or whatever. From a swim perspective, we've got um, a couple of swim groups on on Facebook called We're the Dragonfly Open Water Swimmers. We've got that, which is our Leicestershire-based one. And then I'd always recommend joining the, the Stony Cove or the Stanton Lake Facebook pages. There's a lot of people sort of talking on there. I'm usually on them as well. From a business perspective, our company is called The In-Store Company, based in, obviously, Leicestershire, which actually has very good ties in terms of the road route to, to London and everywhere else, specialise in vehicle suspensions and lots of different sort of modifications and things like that and restorations as well. Got good social media pages on there on both Instagram and on Facebook as well. And if anybody needs any advice or wants to talk or wants to talk more about this, they're more than welcome to sort of link in and get in touch. Thank you to Laura for a lovely conversation. And I just love the way it went from open water to the sea, to sharks, to seals, back again. What a lovely conversation. I really enjoyed the the free form flow of that one. And uh, it was an absolute joy to to talk with her. And if you'd like to follow this up, then please feel free to join the Joyous Swimming Facebook group where you can leave comments and we can have chats about what's been going on. And also, please feel free to leave a review or a rating on iTunes or any other podcast platform. It doesn't necessarily raise us up in the ratings, but it certainly gives people an idea of podcast is worth listening to. I'm always very grateful to hear from you. Any feedback is gratefully received. I also just want to remind you of one final opportunity to make sure you enter the competition to win a copy of Sarah Norquay's lovely book, Thought on My Skin. You can do that by sharing widely, joining the Facebook group, the Joy of Swimming discussion group, leaving a comment on the pinned post just to say that you've shared it 
and I will choose five in a live broadcast on 31st of January. Thank you so much. You can find me on thejoyofswimming.com, on the Joy of Swimming UK on Facebook, the Joy of Swimming discussion group on Facebook, which is actually where you're going to find me most of the time, and on Instagram as the Joy of Swimming. Please connect. Please let's make this the most awesome community because I'm having a ball and I hope you are too. Thanks so much for joining me today. Stay safe and happy swimming. Thank you for listening to the Joy of Swimming podcast hosted by Pat Kelman. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast by pressing the subscribe button on the podcast catcher of your choice. Music by Phil Innes.